Welcome to the FIBIS podcast. FIBIS stands for the Federation of Business Information Services. Its mission is to promote the commercial information industry and to support the needs and interests of business information providers and associated service providers for their customers worldwide. For more information, visit our web at www.fibis.org and follow us on LinkedIn, Facebook and Twitter. The Fibis podcast will bring you insights into the area of regulatory affairs affecting the business information industry, industry trends and many other subjects. If you are interested in or related to the business information industry, subscribe to our podcast and stay tuned. My name is Sylvia Maral, and today here with me is Stephanie Verilac-Marzin, FIBIS Institutional and Regulatory Affairs Coordinator. Stephanie, welcome and thank you for joining the fifth episode of the FIBIS podcast. Thank you very much for having me, Sylvia. Today, you were going to tell us about artificial intelligence and the possible implications for BI industry derived from this new regulation. So, yeah, artificial intelligence is not a new uh, topic. It's been around for, uh, for, for a while. But uh, what's new is that uh, at the end of April 2021, the EU released its first draft horizontal regulation on artificial intelligence. So it's a very ambitious draft, which aims at tackling artificial intelligence while letting information still grow. So it's a very difficult path forward that the European Commission is trying to embark on. And the proposal that the EU has put forward wants to be horizontal, which means that it has a very large scope, encompassing almost everything that's related to software. Uh, so it's surely going to be much challenged by the global uh, tech sector and the global ad advertising environment and the ad tech sector, if I may say. So uh, to comment a little bit on, uh, on this proposal on artificial intelligence and uh, its major uh, achievements, its major components, let's say, uh, first, as I said, uh, it's a horizontal approach. So it means that um, uh, the scope is very large uh, and the definition of artificial intelligence that uh, is entailed into the uh, proposal is also very large. Uh, the second thing regarding this uh, horizontal uh, component or requirements, let's say, is that as uh, similar to the GDPR, for example, the artificial intelligence draft wants to have what we call a large territorial scope, meaning that uh, it would apply to all providers uh, that are serving artificial intelligence services or products to uh, EU uh, citizens, no matter where the providers are located. So uh, you can't really rely anymore on the fact that if you're outside of the EU, you're not subject to this regulation. If you're targeting anyone in the EU, you will be. So this is one uh, one important element to uh, to stress. It's the tendency of the European Union to go through with very large territorial territorial scope. Sorry, uh, since the GDPR and even since before. Uh, so this will stay. This was 
this will definitely stay. Uh, what's interesting in the artificial intelligence draft regulation is that it's a regulation that's based on a risk-based approach. And the EU has tried to do that uh, in a new way by classifying artificial intelligence services in four categories, depending on the risk that may occur to the users of artificial intelligence uh, products or services. So depending on the categories, less or more stringent rules will, will apply. Uh, so, for example, if we start with the lowest category, the, the one that uh, causes no threat uh, to users, uh, even though there are no threats or risks, let's say, with the risk-based approach, um, all AI providers would need to put in place transparency measures towards their users. So the least common, the lowest common denominator, if you want, is that if you're an artificial intelligence provider if, or if you're providing some services that are using artificial intelligence, you need to warn your users that they are somehow interacting with AI. So these transparency requirements go in a little bit like in the way uh, of uh, identification or uh, transparency requirements that are put forward also for data protection in the GDPR, meaning you need to uh, make give information, for example, on who the data controller is, you know, where they are located, this kind of thing. So here for the AI uh, regulation, uh, the basic transparency is, of course, with which uh, AI service provider uh, you're interacting. And just to warn the users that uh, they're interacting with AI, because sometimes they, they, they wouldn't even know. Uh, so this is a key requirement that's put in there. Then if you go up the pyramid, and uh, this is really the image that the EU has been using, you know, this pyramid effect. So uh, the biggest um, uh, lower, the biggest denominator is the lower risk. And then if you go up, the risk uh, adds on, let's say. So if you go up the pyramid with the, with the higher risk uh, approach, the services that are qualified as high-risk ser uh, services for artificial intelligence uh, by the uh, EU draft would need to be registered in, a, in an EU-wide database. So there would be some uh, prior notification, if you want, uh, needed uh, that uh, you're going to run an artificial intelligence service that may have high risk. And uh, in, or in order to be able to do that, um, the draft uh, put forward, uh, so this uh, EU-wide database, and also the providers would need to get prior compliance certification uh, from the, uh, from the uh, EU uh, regulators uh, to be able to develop that. And uh, the draft is even considering putting in place a CE marking uh, to show that uh, compliance is there. So we don't know what type of, uh, of uh, marking this would be. It could be a logo, it could be a stamp, it could be, well, whatever. They, they haven't really deep dive into the, into the actual form of the CE marking or an ISO, uh, maybe an ISO uh, uh, norm. But what's clear is that um, the EU thinks that uh, it's important to have a registration uh, of uh, high-risk AI services and that uh, prior compliance would be needed.
so it's shifting a little bit the the picture because at the moment a lot of artificial intelligence services are running and they comply with all the other regulations so data protection transparency uh well you name it but since there is no horizontal artificial intelligence regulation in place they they are kind of uh, in the blue on that uh, another important point regarding the um, uh, components of this artificial intelligence act uh, is that national regulatory authority would have scrutiny powers to assess compliance uh, one question is which national authorities are going to be competent so it could be some of the data protection authorities but it could also be some new uh, national regulatory regulatory sorry authorities uh, based on uh, on uh, technology um, more than uh, more than data protection and more important is that um, if uh, non-compliance is proven uh, the uh, national regulatory authority will have the possibility to issue fines uh, for non-compliance and these fines could be set up uh, and go up to 6% of the global turnover. So very similar to the GDPR sanction uh, mechanism, if I can say so. So uh, in an, for, for business information providers, why uh, would this artificial intelligence draft be of importance? I think there are various elements uh, to, to try and uh, give some uh, input on that. The first one is that uh, artificial intelligence definition in the draft is very broad. Uh, so whenever there is uh, an interaction with a kind of software and uh, when there is a lot of automation, uh, not done uh, directly by human, but uh, when, when, uh, when artificial intelligence components are used in a way, uh, it will fall under the scope. So uh, we definitely uh, think that uh, business information services are, are, are going to fall into that scope because one way or another we are all kind of uh, using artificial intelligence uh, products or services in our own uh, products and services and uh, the scope is, is as I said, uh, one of the most important points. And uh, in the examples uh, laid down by the European Commission of high-risk AI systems, um, they are mentioning credit scoring for individuals. So individuals, I insist on this one, you know, it's, uh, it's for natural persons uh, who are acting in, in their private uh, capacity, nor, not as uh, businesses, but still. Uh, they consider that the EU considers that credit scoring uh, brings uh, high risk. Uh, so it should be qualified sorry, as a high risk AI system. And therefore, it would trigger the transparency mechanisms, uh, the uh, prior certification, uh, the registration in the EU database, and all the uh, relevant uh, rules that are proved put forward, sorry, uh, by the draft for uh, high-risk uh, AI systems. 
Uh, once again, uh, a big question that's going to arise is uh, the question of sole traders, because um, credit scoring for individuals and credit scoring for natural persons who are acting as, as sole traders are two different things, uh, but sometimes it can be blurred, uh, the information can be mixed, and uh, the way the interaction is uh, going with the AI system can also be mixed. So a very important uh, point uh, can be brought up, you know, what's going to happen uh, for natural persons acting in business capacity versus consumer credit scoring uh, as uh, as defined uh, like that. So a key point that, uh, that uh, we're flagging out here, uh, the process just started. As I said, uh, the AI uh, draft has been released at the very end of uh, April 2021. So uh, it has not yet uh, arrived uh, in discussion for the usual uh, legislative process, so meaning being discussed in the European Parliament and uh, in the European Council with representatives of member states. Uh, but it's going to come uh, probably around fall uh, 2021. And um, we are already sure that uh, there's going to be a ton of comments from the ad tech sector, from the giant uh, tech providers who already have been extremely vocal about the fact that they think um, uh, having a too prescriptive uh, system in place with, uh, with the issue of uh, prior certification and this kind of things is going to hamper innovation and it's just going to make some of the services move away uh, to other uh, to other jurisdictions. So uh, it's inter it, it will be interesting to to follow that. I think for the business information providers, what's really key is uh, to do an assessment of the scope and to do an assessment of uh, of uh, where uh, what type of uh, requirements, rules, or regulation are going to be following uh, the adoption of the artificial intelligence uh, regulation when it's done and also again to explain what's, once again how business information really works and what are the types of interaction because in a way business information providers could qualify both as uh, providers of AI systems and as users of AI systems, and I think this is going to be a key element that uh, that we will probably focus on uh, with FEBIS uh, regulatory committee over the next the course of the next months. Uh, so the process is, uh, as I said, is uh, just started, and uh, this is a very important issue for uh, for all business information world uh, to assess how uh, AI embedded systems are used in our uh, sector. Well, thank you, Stephanie, for the detailed explanation. Definitely a very complex topic. And for the moment, as you say, it seems we have to monitor and wait for further developments. We would love to hear your feedback and thoughts for future episodes. You have been listening to the Phoebe's podcast. If you like the content, please subscribe. Thank you for listening. Thank you.